0: Tartans. We are so glad to be back this week and feeling a little bit refreshed and just ready to jump into APE studying. But this week we're going to be talking about Derek Chauvin's trial, the Georgia voting laws, Representative Matt Gaetz's sex trafficking investigation, and also Lil Nas X's new song and music video. For a community interview this week we're going to be interviewing GHS sophomore Nadia Bashir for her activism and organizing work in youth politics.
1: This week's episode of Timestamps are on Instagram at Show, and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. All right, jumping right in into Derek Chauvin's trial. So today, or this month, is actually a little less than a year after George Floyd's death. And the trial began for Derek Chauvin, which is the police officer that murdered Floyd by putting his knee on Floyd's neck for more than eight minutes. And Chauvin is charged with second-degree murder. And we all probably remember how Floyd's death sparked a huge wave of Black Lives Matter movement across the country, and the trial of his killer is closely watched by Floyd's family, but also everyone across the country.
0: Last Monday was day one of the trial, where each side laid out their opening statements. The lawyer for Chauvin attempted to convince jurors that there's more beyond the video, which was widely circulated on social media last summer. The defendant is arguing that Chauvin was following his training and drugs ultimately caused Floyd's death. The prosecutors were quick to point out that the video depicted was exactly what happened and that this was a cold-blooded murder.
1: Day two and three consisted of witnesses who were at the scene last May. There were many touching moments where witnesses described what they felt as helpless as they watched Floyd die. One witness said that she sometimes lie awake at night, quote, apologizing to George Floyd for not doing more and not physically interacting and not saving his life.
0: Day four highlighted Floyd and his then-girlfriend, Courtney Ross, in their story together of drug usage. They continued to buy pills after their prescriptions of painkillers ended and tried to stay sober together. Although Ross suspected Floyd started using drugs again, prosecutors are trying to show that Floyd was trying to build up a tolerance for drugs and therefore was not the cause of his death.
1: And on day five to seven were most of the most watched parts of the trial as the paramedics and the Minneapolis police officers who responded to the scene testified. The two paramedics both testified that there were no signs of life when they arrived, and the efforts to revive Floyd failed. Lieutenant Richard Zimmerman, who was the longest-serving officer in the Minneapolis police department, denounced Robin's extreme and deadly use of force. He's also one of the officers that signed an open letter criticizing Robin, saying that, quote, this is not who we are.
0: The trial is expected to take at least one month. It's also live-streamed, which is uncommon for murder trials. Ultimately, the jury will be deciding whether Mr. Chauvin should serve time in prison or be acquitted.
1: All right, now we'd like to talk a little about uh, the recent voting laws that were passed in Georgia um, so recently, they took sweeping action to restrict voting laws that severely limit access to voting. And this is actually one of many Republican-controlled states that have introduced legislation to restrict voting after Biden's win in the election, but even more so in Georgia because of Democrats' narrow win in a Senate runoff elections.
0: Yeah, and voters in Georgia will now have less time to request absentee ballots, and there's a new strict ID requirement to use the ballot. It is also illegal um, for election officials to mail out absentee ballots applications to all voters now. There will also be a lot fewer drop boxes, up to 75% in the Atlanta area. Mo- uh, mobile, voter- mobile voting centers, which can reach people living in rural areas, are essentially banned at this point as well.
1: And the list of restrictions even included the ban of offering food or water to voters waiting in line. People who violate that law will risk misdemeanor charges. And this is likely to severely affect communities of Cobbler, where we saw hours of wait time last November. And the 97 page voting law included other restrictions on ballot counting and election committees, all of which are efforts
0: to further restrict voting. And now, moving on to this pu- very public discussion about Matt Gates and um, the investigation that he's re- facing currently. Representative Matt Gaetz from Florida has been facing a federal investigation from the Justice Department for the past week. The investigation is being focused on whether or not he had a sexual relationship with a 17-year-old and paid for her to travel with him. Right now, the federal investigation is also looking to see if his um, local friend and politician, Joel Greenberg, provided cash or other things of value to women that they had sex with after connecting online.
1: Yeah, and then Joe Greenberg was actually indicted last year for allegedly trafficking a teenage girl for sex in 2017. A variety of federal statutes make it illegal to induce someone under 18 to travel over state lines to engage in sex in a change for something of value, and these cases often lead to offenders receiving severe sentences.
0: This investigation was first opened up in the final months of the Trump administration's Justice Department under the Attorney General Barr. Two people interviewed by the New York Times said that the senior Justice Department officials in Washington were notified of this investigation as well. These details of the disclosure were first reported by the New York Times and sent many prominent conservatives into shock. This is a shock to many since Gates had been a close ally to former President Trump and was a prominent Republican voice in advocating against accepting the electoral votes for the current President Joe Biden.
1: Before the investigations, Gates also has built an alarming profile with his behavior and attitude toward women. Prior to joining Congress, Gates was a member of the Florida House of Representatives. ABC News reported that some women referred to him as, quote, creepy Gates due to his behavior. Additionally, sources say that Gates was a part of a group of young men who treated their sexual encounters with women as, quote, game to score, quote, points from.
0: Yeah, and Gates' office said in a statement to the New York Times that Matt Gates refutes all allegations completely and denied his visiting of any websites mentioned in the investigations. In an interview with Fox News, Gates claimed that the investigations were being extorted and the pictures of him with child prostitutes were fake. Many of Trump's allies seem to have distanced themselves from Gates in the past few days due to the allegations and chose to stay, stay silent instead of defending their political ally.
1: All right, and then jumping to our last piece of news. Last week, rapper and singer Lonas X received massive backlash from Christian community due to his selling of Satan shoes and his song Montero. The song Montero, or Call Me By Your Name, has been interpreted as disrespectful and attack on their religion by many critics. On Twitter, Lonas X continued to troll his haters and gleefully provoked his critics, including popular conservative commentators and even politicians.
0: Yeah, these politicians include Governor Kristi Noem from South Dakota responding to the Shoes and the Singer on Twitter saying that our kids, quote, our kids are being told that this kind of product is not only okay, but is exclusive. Other conservative commentators, including the prominent Candace Owens, commented on Little Nas X's Satan Shoes being promoted as well. Her tweet mainly compared the threat of white supremacy to other liberal political symbols in modern media, such as um, Satan. Uh, Little Nas X's Satan. And shoes and also other iconic figures that represent youth politics movements right now including george floyd which may came may has may have come off as a weird comparison to many
1: Lil Nas X's new video featured much christian imagery to depict his struggles of self-acceptance as a gay black man growing up in a conservative christian environment as a teenager Lil Nas x deals with his devil or the month music video through many biblical scenes He starts in the garden with a temptation and entrapment stories of Eve and is sent to his execution in the chamber of judgment. While he descends down to hell in the music video, he slides down a dance pole and proceeds to provocative dance on Satan's lap before killing him and taking his crown. The video is deeply personal and resonates with many young LGBTQ plus folks who grew up being told that they were sins and unacceptable.
0: Yeah, so now just moving on to our hot takes about the news. Um, I guess we can, I can start with commenting on what we were just recently talking about a second ago with like the Lil Nas X video and as a queer woman I obviously have a very biased stance in this and I think that not only I, not only do I like really look up to the way Lone Nas X has been responding to a lot of these people on Twitter because I feel like sometimes I kind of freeze up in terms of like homo when I hear homophobic things. I think that like a lot of the imagery that he uses and a lot of like the the somewhat like funny but also like powerful um like metaphors that he uses in his music video are really powerful and really inspiring right like I think a lot of a lot of what like the devil and also what Satan kind of symbolizes as um as like the negative force of homophobia and stuff in not only Lil Nas's Lil Nas X's life and like my life and a lot of other queer teens life um and how like he (laughs) like you know does a lap dance (laughs) on Satan and like kills him I think that like kind of like I think, I think it's beautiful in a way, It because not only does it, like, kind of poke fun at the fact that, like, homophobic, homophobic people are often really ridiculous in their statements, but it shows how we're more powerful than them. Not necessarily that we're going to kill them, but we're more powerful than their statements, and we can, like, take back that control, right? And we've probably, I would say, like, I think the queer movement has taken back a lot of the control from... Um, from a lot of like religious and also just conservative institutions that literally like have been stripping away our rights for the past few years i think like with the prominence of like um gender and sexuality queerness in our generation along with like a lot of um famous influencers and just famous like celebrities coming out as queer as well i think it sends a good message and i don't know i'm like I- i'm really happy about this and i think that it's a good thing but mm-hmm. i also i also um understand that a lot of people are offended by it and they like to voice their opinions loudly and that just means i have to correct them so yeah I, i'm i'm happy about it and i think like it's a it's a good song to <laughs> everyone to yeah. go it. <laughs> yeah for
1: sure like when i was watching the music video the confidence just rating off of the video mm-hmm. even makes me feel powerful even as like a straight person like I definitely respect him so much just like standing um standing Mm -hmm. up for like whoever he is and also for the LGBT community just so inspiring to see and yeah and also want to touch on like going way back to the Georgia voting law um and you'll probably hear from you know our um, community review by uh, from Nadia Bashir about, you know, what she's or, or she's involved in um, with Students Against Voter Suppression. But just kind of touching on the voting law, it's just very astonishing to me to see how, you know, the United States claim to be the most democratic country in the world, the most democratic place, the freest place. And yet we're still seeing these voting laws passed in a name of protecting democracy when it is blatantly, destroying democracy in a way that we're limiting people from voting, from registering, from voicing their opinions in our political system. And, you know, the same people who claim to be that they're freedom fighters or um, whatever they claim to be is are the people that are trying to restrict voting and especially seeing how it is definitely a political, politically motivated move after Biden's win, but also after the Georgia runoff elections where the two Democratic candidates um, won the two Senate seats in Georgia, it's just very sad to see the low blow, but also how much this will impact the communities in Georgia, Um, but also, you know, in other states where other Republican states are also trying to restrict voting rights so that, um, you know, communities of color and low-income communities who already have less access to voter, for voting ballot boxes, it's just very sad to see that it's happening, and the people who are also arguing for, you know, voter ID because that's also a very hot topic right now in um, voter registration and voting is that like many Republicans and conservatives think that um, you need a driver's license to drive, you need um, a pilot license to, you know, fly a plane. Why why can't you need um, a voter ID to vote? But it's just very hypocritical. I mean, in a way, because voting is. Um, a constitutionally protected right to every single person or every single U.S. citizen in the United States. And, you know, driving is not, um, flying a plane is not. So that comparison, um, that rhetoric that many people are trying to push is just very ignorant to a point that we can't even recognize what we're truly fighting for as
0: Americans. Mm-hmm, I agree it's it's hard to explain voter suppression to people who don't understand it to be honest, mm-hmm. but um I agree it's it's a tough time right now. there's so much happening and um I know this is not a breaking news show at all, but I actually just learned that um despite the Arkansas governor trying to um, veto the trans um uh, sorry the anti trans youth bill um Mm -hmm. they got he actually got overrided a few uh, today so that wasn't something that we planned to talk about but I don't know if you mind like if you want to comment on it too as someone who has a lot of like trans friends right now or as someone who has a lot of trans friends I know right now it's a um really tough time for them to see this happening and it also makes me a bit scared about I know I said earlier that like we're winning against um conservatives and winning against these um almost like fundamentalist religious institutions about LGBTQ healthcare, but there's also stuff like this happening that I think we should like constantly be advocating against these types of bills coming up because mm-hmm. it it's always going to be a almost like a, a never-ending struggle to protect um trans people protect these identities that are often marginalized in our communities and yeah i sorry i was ta- i was listening to you talk Claire and i can't like i was looking um at my notifications and saw that and
1: yeah. it, it
0: really sucks and i really hate that a lot
1: yeah for sure especially like also as a immigrant who came here to see the supposedly very progressive United States. It's very disappointing um, to see some of these news pop up, just knowing that this is not what I thought it was, but also it's really gave me a reality check that not everything is perfect and not everything is what I think it is. And there's so much things that we need to fight for, even though we're in, you know, 2021 already. Um, But also like seeing these, you know, many anti-trans bill passing in those states like unless there's action taken on a federal level like constitutionally i feel like this is going to be a continuous fight um but also there are so many ways that you know legislatures can override some of these like constitutional things like there are many laws that can allow these things to happen and yeah i think it's just a very fundamental almost like a social a social movement that needs to be separated from like, actual laws being passed and affecting people's lives.
0: Yeah, in a way, like, I think, I think, honestly, that, like, the social discussion about it, the more we have them, and the more we, I don't think we fail to explain, but they fail to understand, like, their failure to understand trans people and trans identities leads to (laughs) policies like that being made instead of like them understanding and supporting policies that actually protect trans people like medicare for all protects trans people by giving them like um, more access and um, less expensive access to gender affirming care right like I think Mm -hmm. that is something that is really concerning right now and we should talk more about and I know we had a whole discussion about this a few episodes ago if anyone wants to go check how um what we talked about with a lot of weird anti-trans things uh, anti-trans laws going and it's so weird too that like we're living in the middle of a pandemic and this is the only thing that they seem to care about not infrastructure with like texas falling apart a few months ago mm-hmm. not like the half a million people dead from covid19 not like the impending um doom of like um of of the climate crisis that I just mentioned earlier and so many like different other things going on but no they just have to they just have to target people that have a de- different gender identity from the one they were assigned at birth. that's that's right. all they really care about at this point and it's so sorry for getting a bit aggressive it's so frustrating to watch as yeah it's just so frustrating to watch
1: Right. And I feel like it's almost like a distraction from the real issues that we should be mm-hmm. like focusing on, like you mentioned, like climate change infrastructure. Like these are the real issues that are that we're, we're supposed to be like working towards right now. But instead, they really have to throw in distraction. And um, I, I think it's almost it's I, I think everything is politically motivated right now, especially with the deep deep partisanship like everywhere I feel like a lot of these conservative Republican states really want to grasp on to their conservative base and Mm -hmm. kind of showing them that they're doing something whereas they're not doing the actual thing that needs to be
0: done exactly exactly it sucks but I hope it'll get better soon thank you so much for talking about these topics with me as always Claire yeah thank you Crystal
1: Yeah, that's so amazing with all the stuff that you're um, involved in. And so why did you start organizing? And currently, what types of organizing do you do?
2: Yeah, so as a woman of color living in Glendora, I've always been aware of the discrimination um, that I've faced and that my family has faced. And so I guess seeing all of that happen and unfold firsthand has like made it clear that there is like a brokenness in our system and the institutions around us, and like especially um in an age of social media where um we can see all of these things unfolding on Instagram or on Twitter. Um it's really made me aware of everything that's going on. And I feel um a duty to helping other like people of color and other people who share similar experiences to me and um finding some justice in our world. Um yeah, so I listed some of the things that I do but um all of it comes back to equity um, and justice for uh, people of color and for the working class. Um, for example, Sunrise is like climate-focused and Students Against Voter Suppression is voter suppression-focused, but um, I think it's really important to realize that these are intersectional issues that disproportionately affect BIPOC and the working class. So. Um, just to create a system uh, that yeah, is more equitable people. I love that so much. People, especially I'd like say.
0: as someone who's also interested in kind of like advocating for a lot of marginalized and vulnerable groups in our society. I think like your work is not just like incredible for your age, but just so so important to a lot of the things that we need right now in our society. Yeah, and especially as like a young person, how do you like? How do you think youth plays a role in the political activism world? And how do you think like your age impacts a lot of your views too?
2: Yeah, so I really hate it when millennials or older people um, push the whole narrative that like it's up to our generation and we're the last hope sort of thing. I don't think of like Gen Z as saviors, but I think we have grown up um, in a world that is like I said, more hyper aware of um, politics and the things that are going on um, as we see stuff online and as we see um things like reach a breaking point um and yeah so i think as the youth um you know like i said as we are reaching a breaking point it is our responsibility to um educate ourselves and to um not like ostracize older generations but to urge them to be um more aware of the things that are going on as well i don't want to create like um <laughs> millennial gen z conflict or anything but i think um it's our job to make everyone aware of these issues so that we can all fight for justice together instead of um putting it all on yeah, a bunch yeah, of like yeah. teenagers
1: um yeah For sure, definitely agree that like a lot of the issues that we're seeing is something that we need to fight together, like, no matter what generation that we're in. And to a lot of the young people out there or GHS students out there who are interested in getting involved in activism or organizing in politics, what are some tips that you would give to students who want to get involved but don't know where to start?
2: Yeah, so at GHS we do have a lot of opportunities for political organizing. Like, um, we have a Sunrise chapter. We have a bunch of other advocacy clubs, like the Students Against Voter Suppression chapter, Glendora Democrats, Latinos Unidos, the Advocacy Coalition, and I think just like um, plugging yourself into like one of these smaller clubs or um, any other organization that you come across helps you build like more connections and network with people to um, get involved in other things, and eventually you'll like grow. As an organizer and see all of these things unfold and i think social media is also a really great resource like um a bunch of organizations have social media and you can get involved and usually they'll have like a join link or something like in their bio and if not you can always dm them but definitely like looking around on social media and trying to build connections with the people that you already mm-hmm. know are involved in your community around who, like, you. is
0: in so many different like positions right now because of connections i think utilizing those connections and just like building your network is so important in getting involved Nadia um I can't like express how much we appreciate you coming on today to talk about your amazing work work in youth activism and youth politics and keep doing what you're doing I'm so proud of you
1: The Crystal Clare Show is a podcast by the Glendora Turn Shield at Glendora High School and is hosted by Crystal Dotto and Claire Liu.
0: Special thanks to everyone in our journalism class. This specific Q&A was produced and edited by Crystal and Claire.
1: If you would like to check out the Tartan Shield stories and newspaper, you can head to our website tartanshield.com. Our Instagram page is at GHS Shield and our Twitter is at Tartan Shield.
0: If you would like to submit a topic that you'd like us to cover or contact us in any way, you can fill out our Google form in the biography of our Instagram page. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode. We'll see you next Friday at 8 a.m.